This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right, welcome everyone. Tonight uh, we're doing Lulu Nishmat. Please tell me the names. Edward, Ben, Victoria, Vegam. Cheskia, Bat, Ben. Esther. Esther. Rabot Lulu Nishmat. Bezad Hashem. Both of them. The Javali at Nishma. Rabotai. Tonight we're dealing with major parashat Shavua. Parashat Haye Sarah. And before we start, this past week, I was in Israel. I want to tell you something. I've been in Israel a lot of times, but this time around was something very, very unique, very, very special. Um, I saw, I saw this time around uh, f- actual family. I, went, I was invited to their homes and things like that, and I saw what they do to to to, to learn Torah. They'll do anything. I went to a lady's house in Bnei Brak, a Rebinson, an old Rebinson. And I said, you know, you have, mashallah, over, over 10, 12 kids. What do they do? Says, they serve Hashem all day long. You know, this is mamash, this is a school that everybody should know that what we're doing is our job in life, serve Hashem all day long. And uh, honestly speaking, the parasha itself speaks for itself. Hayesara. Sarah, and this is the life of Sarah, and what is she doing in this week's parasha? <laughs> what, what, what is the bee doing? She's dying. So she say, Mitat Sarah. Not Hayesara. Hayesara means Sarah is living. It should be Mitat Sarah. Later on, we're going to see in parashat Vayichi, Yaakov's dying. Vayamot. No, Vayichi, and Yaakov lived. What's going on over here? And the answer is very simple. I saw this in a sefer when I was 19 years old. And it's very simple. It says, you know, when it's Sadiq, you have to understand, in this world, Skhar Baha'i Al Maleka. Skhar, reward in this world for a mitzvah, you cannot get. And Rav Desla explains very simple. What does that mean? Why not? Because it's underpay. It's underpay. The Rambam says, what do you mean? But people are healthy, people are wealthy, people are successful. Says that's not taking no reward. Why? Because it's you need health in order to serve God. So the fact that Hashem makes you healthy, it's on the house. Like for example, if you get a job, what do they do? They give you medic. Med, med, what do they give you? Uh, health insurance. What do you give me health insurance for? What? Uh, you give me a paycheck and health insurance. Now that's on the house. We need you to stay healthy in order to to continue business. You understand? Oh, you need panasa. You need a lot of panasa. Here's a lot of panasa. So the botai, all these things are not rewarded from mitzvah. It's a gemara in Mesechet Taanit. It says El Emuna Ven Avel Sadiq Viasharu. The pasuk explains what does it mean El Emuna Ven Avel. And one of the En Avel, one of the pasukim says, one one of the derushim in the gemara is just like a rasha, he'll get rewarded for the smallest mitzvah. Now this it says that a rasha. He'll get rewarded in this world for the smallest mitzvah. Good? Yes. A tzaddik! He'll get rewarded for the smallest mitzvah that he did. It could be the smallest mitzvah, but in the next world. Even he answers one amen. He gets rewarded in the next world. Not in this world, in the real world. Why? Because, again, this world is very simple. It's 120 years. That's what it is. 120 years, right? We live 120 years, happy and healthy. After that, what happens? You live for eternity. You live forever and ever. 
And the mitzvah that you do will last forever and ever. And that's why we're saying, Hayesara, the life of Sarah. Why the life of Sarah? Because now she's living from all the mitzvot that she did in this world. She died. Finished. She died 127 years old. No problem. Now she's cashing in. All the mitzvot. She's living off whatever she did in this world. Understand? And that's why we have to have a long life. You have to be healthy. You have to stay healthy. It's very, very important. The Ochot the king speaks out. The Ramam speaks it out. You have to stay healthy. Why are you staying healthy? You want to live as long as you can. Deserve Hashem as long as you can. And this is why it says, Hayesara. She's living now. How is she living now? She's living from all the mitzvot that she did in this world. Now she's cashing in in the next world. Understand? Now, this is first and yet. Second yet, I was sitting on the Shabbat table this past week. And I said the following Dvar Torah. I heard this from my Rabbi Ramorchai Lamet. He said it in the 30th year in Yeshivat Mikdash Melech. Okay, listen to what he says. It's a very famous question that we know when you invite somebody over to your house, it's Achnasat Ochim. And it says, Greater is the mitzvah of hosting guests than what? Than being with the Shekhinah. How do we know that? From Abraham Avinu. What happened? Abraham Avinu was sick, he wasn't feeling well. From the Brimilah, Hashem visits him. He tells Hashem, I have to go and take care of the guests. From here do you see, from here you see how great having guests over. It's so great, it's greater than if the Shekhinah was with you on the table. Excuse me, let me go take care of the guests. It's a wild point, by the way. It's a wild point. You'll never forget, when I got my car, I got a brand new car. And uh, one of the things says, I don't want to just use my car, you know, just drive around. I'm going to use my car right now to do a mitzvah. I saw a rabbi. His name was Michal Weitzman. I don't know if anybody knows him. I saw him. And I, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a snowy day a little bit. I rolled down my window. He speaks Hebrew only. It's Sadiq. And you're right. So I put him in the car. My first ride in the new car. You know, besides taking it home. But first ride in the new car. Shh. Doing mitzvah. You know, you, you, know, you, know, you, know, you know how you uh, crack a Coca-Cola can or something like that? You know how you... Shh. You know the bottle? How do you know it's a new bottle? And you crack. So I want to crack in the car with a mitzvah. What do I do? Mitzvah. Take somebody. Pick him up. How you doing, Rabbi? I come in my car. There's that. As I'm thinking, you know he tells me? I told him, you know, I'm doing a mitzvah. He says, I'm doing chesed. He said, not only are you doing chesed. He tells me, also I'm adding in hachnasat orchim. You're, you're, you're being machnis in oreach. You're bringing in a guest. It doesn't have to be necessarily in your house. Even if we're in the car. Still, you're treating me nicely. You're being machnis oreach. In any case, the question that I have for you guys on this is, we know the, that Hagnasad Ochim is so great from where? From Abraham Avinu. But how did Abraham Avinu know that? He's with the Shekinah. He's talking to the Shekinah. Hashem is visiting him. Yeah, I know, you went through a whole bring me la, and Hashem's uh, doing, you know, Hashem's there. So how does Abraham know? Pause. Hashem, I love you so much. Pause. I gotta go take care of the guests. How does Abraham Avinu know? Yeah. Very simple. I'm going to tell you a yesod from Rav Natan Adler. Listen to the yesod. It's an amazing point. He writes like this. 
He says that before I give you his answer, I'll give you an example, a story. There was a rabbi, the brister of son. His name is Rav David Soloveitchik. <laughs> Passed away. But at his later years, Rav David Soloveitchik had a, a little bit of a loss of hearing a little bit. A little bit of loss of hearing. However, when it came to when it came to Torah, any Torah that you told him, he heard it like this. Any Torah. Any Torah. How do you develop that? The answer is when a person is is in control, that always listening to Torah learning, always this, so you'll have full control over that organ. <coughs> so it's brought down that Abraham Avinu, his organs were like a magnet to the mitzvah of all mitzvot. So when the mitzvah of Achnasat Ochim came, when there was uh, uh, people there, he felt his body magnetically moving towards that mitzvah. So you know, oh Hashem, I know this mitzvah, I gotta go do. How? Because my body is dragging me towards that. You know, I said that over on the Shabbat table this week. And there was a 17-year-old boy who tells me, Come on, Rabbi. You tell me magnetic force, Mavraham Avinu felt, because he controlled the mitzvah of Achnasad so great. Come on, Rabbi. I said, wait. I'll give you the answer. Give me some time to think. But Bezad Hashem, before I leave your house, you'll get the answer. Came dessert. True story. Came dessert. Dessert came, ice cream came out. For dessert, ice cream came out. Pav ice cream. Nice, Hadid, nice pav ice cream. And I saw, out of everybody, everybody took a piece. You know, like it was like a cube of ice cream. Like, I don't know, it was like a vanilla chocolate inside and a, a chocolate covering outside. Everybody took one piece. And I saw the 17-year-old boy. His father had one also. Everybody took one, everybody had one piece, nice big piece, and they plates. So the 17-year-old boy tells his father, Daddy, you eating that? I know you're on a diet. You eating that one? Like they put you on here. So he's like, oh, I did. He took it, he ate it. I look at him, I say, you enjoyed the ice cream? He says, it was delicious. Onik Shabbat, Onik Shabbat. I said, that, I just, that's the answer. So what do you mean, Rabbi? What's the answer? says, when the ice cream came out, you were like a magnet, straight. You, you, it was a magnetic force. You're like, oh, ice cream. You know? You know what I'm saying? When, when, I'll never forget, when my sister got married, I was speaking to somebody, you know, they had the hors d'oeuvres before, they have like the appetizer, things like that. I'll never forget in my life. It was just, totally, I, and I see the guy, I, I don't know, it was like, uh, they, you know how they said, like, kibbeh, jeans sometimes on the side? They had lamb chops. In the middle of talking to him, he literally stops and says, excuse me, I gotta go. I said, what happened? I gotta get those lamb chops. <laughs> he was pulled by a magnetic force to food. Right? You, you have a beautiful dinner here tonight. Dinner serving dinner over here. Beautiful dinner, right? You saw how juicy uh, the sesame chicken looked, the sour, sour spicy chicken. I was like, sick, I need that. You can't stop. It's a magnetic pull. 
So why when it comes to physical, a person knows his medic full, and when it comes to spiritual, there's no? Of course, even in spirituality, there's a magnetic force, there's a force in it, at the end of the day, that if a person works on a certain character in the spirituality, you'll own it. So Abraham Avinu owned that mitzvah of Achnazat Ochim so much, that when, when Ochim were coming by, when guests were coming by, he was pulled by a magnetic force to go, oh, wow. And how did he develop it? By doing that mitzvah again and 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 again. And again. We must continue. That was, by the way, uh, from last week. But we weren't here last week, so we said it this week. So it's an important one. We must continue on. There is, this is the parasha, you have to know where Abraham Avinu sends out his servant Eliezer. And he makes Eliezer swear. Where is he going to get a woman to marry for Yitzchak? What? Which one? Kanan or not Kanan? Kanan. Which one? Who knows? Why? No, not. One second, you get me so confused. Ah. <laughs> oh. The Ron, first of all, let's take it slow. He makes him swear. The question is, why does he make him swear? He, Eliezer, has all the money, Abraham's money, is in, is in Eliezer's hands. He's the treasurer of Eliezer. You know that, right? You know that. So the question is, he makes him swear... Make sure you get a girl. And why when it comes to this, he makes him swear? And by his money, he doesn't make him swear. So to answer that, it's very simple. There's something called uh, priorities. A person's got to get his priorities straight. And I'll give you an example. There was one time, the example is, Keeping kosher. You go to a restaurant. How do you know it's kosher? So sometimes a person might look inside. Wait. I see people with beards eating in it. If they're eating, must be it's kosher. So they go eat. Okay, that's one way. But that's the... How do you know? How do you know? How do you know the guy? How do you know? Other people, they go a step further. Let me see the hashgacha. They see the actual thing. And other people, after they see the hashgacha, they still want to know a few pointers. You know, is the mashkiach here? Can I speak to him? Is everything okay? Yeah, 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 okay. So there's different levels. Abraham Avinu understood that when he's, his son is finding a, 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 a wife, this is so important that she should have good character traits. That, the Ron explains, there's a Ron, there's a famous Ron over here, what's the pshat, Abraham Avinu wanted such a, he wanted a girl with midot tovot. Even though it could be a place of maybe not the most, but the midot tovot, you have to understand. The Ron says, this is the point, that stays in the DNA. 
You know you have genes. If you have blue eyes, and your wife has blue eyes, your kid is going to have blue eyes. You ever hear that? Yeah, you understand? So if you have a good character trait, and your wife has good character traits, rest assured that your children are going to have good character traits as well. You understand what I'm saying over here? You hear that? It's a very important point, by the way. I'll never forget, they said, they asked the Hazon Ish, Rav Yol Goodman told me this. He said, the Hashem, the Hazon Ish, how do you know what to look for in a girl before you marry her? And this was this was a guy asking the question to, to them. He says, if she has a, a Keter Shem Tov. <coughs> Keter Shem Tov means a crown of a good name. Because when a girl has a crown of a good name, even guys, likewise, both both times, a guy has a, a, a girl has a, a, a crown of a good name, or a guy has a crown of a good name, there's something to it. There's character traits that are built in. You don't just have a good name just like, oh, this guy has a great name, this girl has a great name. No, it doesn't happen like that. It happens because you're really a good person. You understand what I'm trying to say? So therefore, when you do that, why do you want, why do you want that person, a, 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 a crown of a good name? By the way, that, that's like where, where she or he gets along with all groups. You know, there's a lot of different groups. You know, remember in high school, there was like a lot of groups in, in high school. You have this group, that group, that group, that group. So if you have a she or a he, whatever the guy, the guy, and the, the guy can get along with all the groups, rest assured he has good character traits. Right? That's for sure. I'm not saying, oh, he can only get along with one group, that's it. No. If you get along with everybody, wow, then you have good character traits. And that's what a person should be focused on. Because at the end of the day, a lot of times focus, people focus on the looks. Which is important. You have to see the girl or see the guy, see if they, if, if, if they, if, if, you know, attractive. But to, on, 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 you know how they have, I went to somewhere once and they gave me, they gave me to fill out a survey. And they said, they gave a, a sheet. How was the food? How was the service? How was the dining? How was the atmosphere? How was this? How was that? There's a checklist. A person's checklist has to understand. The most top, you have to understand. It has to have good, a good character. Of course, religion, of course, but good character, good character, because with that, you'll fall, you'll go, you'll love that person so much more because they have good character. Understand what I'm trying to say? Looks is important, but if you were to value looks versus character, character goes up way higher, way higher, because when a person gets married, that same look. Doesn't stay. You look at wedding pictures 20 years later. Oh, that was you? You know? You look at the guy, he's lo- losing some hair. Like, what happened over there? How's you? You know? The, the, the guy, he was a stud. He jolted his hair back. Nice. ID. And he looks great at his wedding picture. Nice. Uh, whatever. 20, 30 years later. <laughs> what happened? But when it comes to character traits, when it comes to character traits, listen to me carefully, that stays forever. The person that you'll marry will 90 years old and the character trait stays forever. That character trait that you met her when you first met her and, and, and you loved her for being so nice, she'll be nice to you forever. That's it. No matter, 
if, if she's not an angry person, she's not going to stop being an angry person as you get married. You understand? She doesn't get angry. She's not going to get angry. Okay, 20 years later, oh, now all of a sudden she starts getting angry. No. She's not an angry person. Doesn't just doesn't come out like that. And that's why Abraham Avinu was so mafid. He was so strict on Eliezer. Swear to me, a girl of what's my priority straight of what? To get a good girl with the midot, the midot tovot. That's prioritized. Understand? It's a very important because a lot of times people go out, guys go out with girls and girls go out with guys and, and, and they're forgetting what to look for. They're forgetting what to look for. They're just looking, uh, oh yeah, the, the, does, he have, uh, the, does he have a lot of money? Does he have a good looks? One second. Top priority. Is he a good person? That's about, is he a good person? Yes or no? Yeah, no. But when I first married him, yeah, you know, he opened up the door for me. Great. That's going to happen the first few days. Every guy's going to do that. Yeah, wow, unbelievable. Rabbi, he's amazing. Of course. What do you think? He's putting a show, just like you're putting up a show. <laughs> what do you think? Everybody's putting up a show the first few days. You, you think that that's the way he's going to act for the rest of his life? You know? And the guy thinks that that's the way she's going to look for the rest of her life? That, that, oh, she's decked out, gorgeous, makeup, her hair, this, that. It's life, real life. So make sure your priorities are straight. What's the priorities? First, of course, religion, of course. But character comes comes so strong, like I told you. Looks versus character. Looks is changing. Everybody's looks changes. That's what it is. You know, you get a, you get older, you get this, you get that. I never had a belly in my life. Now I started growing a little bit of a belly. I don't know. I'm telling you, everywhere I walk, I, I didn't see a guy in trees. You got a, a nice belly. People change. The body changes. But at the end of the day, one thing I'm saying, one thing. Good character traits. That's going to stay. That's going to stay. That's going to stay. And therefore, Avotai, see the priority straight. Abraham Avinu wanted to make sure, like the Ron explains, Midot Tovot, good character, is in the genes. It's in the genes. It, it travels down to the genes. Understand? That's a very, very important lesson. The next point I'd like to discuss is very, very important about the emunah of Sarah Imenu. It says over here in the Pasuk that Sarah was, was so, she, she lived this was the life of Sarah, and we know there's a famous Rashi that says, Kulan, everything was good. Now, if you look and you analyze Sarah Imenu's life, was it good? Every single point of her life? It said everything was good. Everything was good. You know how many times she got kidnapped, Sarah? How many times? In her life. How many times she got kidnapped? How many, nobody knows. How many times? Huh? Twice. First one was what? But oh, second one was what? So now you're telling me Sarah had an amazing life. Every single, every single second of her life was amazing. What happened those two stages of her life when she gets captured and gets kidnapped from Baro? What happened over there? It's such an amazing life? The answer is yes, Sarah had such a munah that this is amazing. How is this amazing? I'll explain. Paro got punished that night. If he would touch Sarah, just try to touch Sarah, he would get whacked. 
Malachim came. Why? They don't understand what's going on over here. What's going on? What's going on? Finally figured out. Oh, you know why? I found out why. Because maybe he's going close to touch Sarah. Boom. What? Fuck. So you know what happened? This story passed down to generations. That one time there was a king and Paro took a Jewish woman and he tried touching her and, and, and he got punished very badly. And then they made a rule in Egypt. Nobody's allowed to touch a Jewish woman because we don't get, get, get punished from God. And if you look, when we were slaves in Egypt, when we were slaves in Egypt, one of the rules were, kill the kids, kill the boy, kill the girl. You know, in the beginning it was kill, kill her, but don't touch the wives. Why? Because there was one time a king, but all many years ago, it was a different but all many years ago, that this but all got punished from touching. So what did Sarai Menu do? She saved every Jewish woman. She saved every Jewish woman from being touched. Now is that is that good now? Is that good? Imagine now, Sarai, she has in her, her her consciousness, wow, you know what, I had to save every single Jewish woman. At the time when the Jewish people are going to be slaves to Paro, was it worth it? Worth it. Of course it's worth it. Later on, Avimelech. What's the good over there, Avimelech? So you want to hear a Gemara, you blow your mind out. That's good, what happened? It says, after she got kidnapped from Avimelech, she got a kid. What's the connection? She got a kid from Abraham Avinu. What's the connection? Listen to what it says. Not from Avimelech, from Abraham Avinu. Avimelech, it says, that when he tried touching her, every single person, they couldn't have any more, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't produce. They couldn't, he tried touching her, they couldn't produce. They couldn't produce. Look at the Gemara. Gemara in Mesech Bava Kamad Tzadik Bet. Ki atzor atzor Hashem. Amar Abba Nazar. Shtei atzirot ala lama. Echad be'ish shochevet zera. Shtayim be'isha shikmat zera v'ladah. So the Gemara is saying over here that what? You look it up yourself. It says that everybody was, they couldn't, they couldn't, they were, they couldn't produce children. And they didn't know why. Because they captured Sarai Menu. So what happened? After they captured Sa'imenu, Avimelech went to Abraham and begged him, pray for me that we could have more children. He went, he prayed, and Avimelech got cured. And it says this, the says, anyone who asks Hashem, prays for his Fellow man, you need the same thing that he needs. You will get answered first. It's a Gemara in Sadiq Betamud Aleph. In the middle of the page, you could see it towards the end. Anyone that you, that, that's why people, you know, there's a whole institution that they made that they have like a, a, a site that says, like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you need? You need a Shiduch? Oh yeah, okay. Pray for somebody else that needs a shiduch. And let that person pray for you. Understand? What do you need? You need a child? 
Pray for someone that doesn't have a child also, and let that person pray for you. So now you get answered first, because you prayed for, and it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. How do we know that? Because it says, Vayitpalel Avraham Ela Elohim It says over here, the Pasuk says over here, He says, Avraham prayed, Vayitpah Elohim et Avimelech. He healed Avimelech, Vet Ishto Vamhotav, Vayeledu. And they gave birth. How did they give birth? How? Abraham prayed for them. But because Abraham prayed for them, who got answered first? Abraham got answered. And now you say, wow, what do you mean? Uh, it was the best thing that could ever happen. But because what? Because Abraham Avinu, because Sarah Imenu got captured from what? From, Avi, from Avimelech. Avimelech needed prayers that he should have children because it stopped. His punishment was, you took Sarah, everything stops. And now Abraham prayed, Gemara is saying, Abraham prayed for Avimelech to have children. And he got answered first to have children. So now you look back. Was it the best thing that Sarah Imenu got captured? The best thing. Now, if a, if a person wants to learn more about it, he can look at the Tosafot because people might ask questions. What do you mean? Hashem promised uh, 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 promise Abraham before this. So Tosafot deals with that problem. He answers that question. But that's the point that we said was the point. Now, I'm going to conclude tonight with one last thing. The Rebbeinu Yonah says an amazing point. He says one of the tests of Abraham Avinu, it was, Akedah Yitzhak wasn't the last test. He says, this week's parasha was the last test. Why was this week's parasha the last test? He says, think about it. Abraham Avinu just finished almost sacrificing and killing his son. Now think about it for a second. He was about to kill Yitzhak, and if he would have killed Yitzhak, there would be no Ami Sayyid. Because it says, from Yitzchak, you're going to have the continuation. So if he kills Yitzchak, nobody stays alive. Now, he finished this whole Akedah, he finally passes, now he's going back home, what happens? Oh, by the way, Sarah died. Why'd she die? She had a heart attack. Why'd she have a heart attack? Because she heard that what? That you were going to sacrifice her son. So she died. She had a heart attack. Now, what does Abraham feel right now? What does he feel? Does he feel bad? Does he not feel bad? What's going on? She had a heart attack because of me? Oh my goodness! I wish I never did it! Hasve Shalom. Abraham Avinu's emunah is so great that he says she was supposed to die this time exactly. And it wasn't because of a heart attack, because of that. This was the time exactly. And if you look at the Pasuk, when it says Abraham Avinu was crying for Sarah, you'll see it has a small cuff. Why? 
Because Abraham Avinu cried, but he didn't want to cry so, so much, so people would think, oh look, he's regretting it. Look, look, look. No. I believe 100%. It was because this was her time to pass on. And the fact that, that the Satan is getting me, oh, if I would have done this, and if I would have done that, that's one of the tests of Abraham Avinu. Is he going to regret it? That's what we say every time for Save us from the Satan before we do a mitzvah. Protect us that we can actually do the mitzvah and let the Satan go out of the way. And what's ma'acharenu? And have to do the mitzvah not to regret the mitzvah that we just did. That was Abraham Avinu's test. Did he pass? Yes, he passed. He understood everything is good. Further, Sarai Menu, after she passes, he's trying to bury her. And he's trying to go here, go there. He finally gets to Marat where he really wants to marry her. And now Ephron says, okay, give me an exorbitant amount of money. Come on. Give me an exorbitant amount of money. Now Abraham Avinu at this point will go, if it was any human being, it will be, you'll go crazy. What's going on over here? I come back, his wife dies, Try to bury her. I can't bury her. I can't do this. I can't do that. You go crazy. Yes, Shem! Avraham Avinu didn't complain. So, according to the Benuna, this was one of our own tests. And some say it was even greater than Akedah Yitzhak itself. Why? How could that be? You know how could that be? Because the Akedah, he knew it was a test and he was prepared for it. He was preparing. Okay, this is what you want, God? No problem. I'll go ahead and do it. But over here, it was off balance. He didn't know this was going to happen. Over here, I can tell you, Hashem says, this is what I want you to do. So he knows. Okay, I got to get my mental state ready. You ready? Okay, tomorrow, I got to go. Tomorrow morning, wake up early in the morning. I'm going to go sacrifice my son. This is what Hashem wants, boom. But over here, there was no preparation. He comes home, he gets shocked. His wife dies. He goes to bury her, another shock. I can't even bury her normally. I can't bury her. All these things, that's how you know who the person is. You understand what I'm saying? How do you know who the person is? They say three things. What's the three things? Koso, kaso, and kiso. Right? How he gets angry. What, what, but one of the things when it says kiso, with his money, it's not just when his money. It's when you're off guard with your money. What does it mean you're off guard with your money? All of a sudden you come, you get a ticket. Oh my goodness, what happened? You're off guard. I can't believe it. Like, let's say you were prepared. Let's say, for example, you parked at the pump. I'll give you an example. You parked at the pump. So you were prepared. You know what? I'll get a ticket. Okay, I'm going to go around 15 times. If I get a ticket, I'll pay the $130. Okay, okay. I'm just saying. So a guy's prepared. So he got a ticket. I figured I was going to get a ticket probably. Okay. But now all of a sudden, you park at a no standing. You didn't see the, you didn't see the sign no standing. And all of a sudden, you come, you get a ticket no standing. Oh! Now you got to pay $150. So that attitude is a shocking attitude. Now how are you going to act? You're going to say, it's like a curveball. It's like, whoa. So that's why they say over here, Avraham Avinu's test was even greater, because over here was a curveball. Didn't know this was happening. He didn't know this was going to happen. And therefore, life is full of challenges. Life is full of tests. It's not just one test. It's always going to be full of tests. And it's never going to stop. And that's life. You know, it says, Eretz Yisrael niknit b'yisurim. You know what that means? Israel, you kone Israel 
with suffering. It could be the smallest suffering, but it's suffering a little bit. It has to be something. So I know in my previous years, I lived in Israel for, for a few years, and I remember every time when I would, I would go to Israel, something happened. Something had to happen. I'll never forget. I wasn't, I wasn't able to get a ticket to go direct flight. So it's okay, fine. I'll get a stopover. Stopped over in Paris for, 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 for an hour or two. It was an hour and a half uh, layover. I said, I'll do it. I stopped in Paris. Boom. What happens? I, I was there. I had to pray. So I asked the airport, is there any shul? There was, an, there was a shul in the airport. I prayed in the shul in the airport. So I'm finishing. As I'm going to my flight, they, the, the time is, let's say, 10.30. I was at 10.33 maybe. No joke, I'm not joking. 10.33, maybe 10.35. And they shut the boarding. You know, like, like you might, imagine you see the lady, the stewardess, going like this. You know how like, they have that, uh, that belt where they, where, they, where, they, where they close it? They, they go, Shh. I saw her doing it. Boom, closed. I, say, I run and say, oh, my flight. Sorry, sir, we, uh, we, we finished the boarding. I was like, what are you talking about? I just saw you just do this. <laughs> sorry, we have strict rules, 1030, 10.30, 10.30, I'm sorry, we can't. I'm looking, the plane is right there. You know, she's about to walk onto the plane, she's the steward, I, you can't let me on. I'm like, I understand. The whole thing was about Lagan. I had to stay overnight in Paris until the next day. I'm like, what is going on? You heard about the United, you heard about the United Airlines flight that happened uh, last week? You didn't hear? You didn't hear? You guys didn't hear? Sa- exactly. It's a crazy story. The guy that was, the guy that was on the flight, I met him in Israel and he's telling me detail to detail story. He's all, I was like, how many days here? He's like, I was supposed to be here 10 days, but I ended up eight. I was like, how's 10 to 8? So he was on a United flight, and as they were going in the air, they said there was an emergency. Somebody was a pain. That's what they said. They said there, there was a, somebody a health emergency on the on the plane, so they had to land the plane. But there was a problem because the plane was so full of gas of gas of fuel that they were planning to go to Israel. So they can't just land with so much gas. With so much fuel, so they had to circle in the sky for forty-five minutes to an hour, just going around and around and around. You know, like you know, let's go on around and around. Finally, the, the the fuel went went low. They finally landed, and when they finally landed, they had to stay overnight. And the next day, they had to delay another four hours. The whole thing was crazy, Tommy. Instead of arriving Sunday Sunday uh, 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 night, they landed in Monday Monday night late night. It made crazy thing. And he said, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah, things happen. So I said, this time around, I was in Israel. I said, what could possibly happen? I planned the trip perfect, like literally perfect. A fly, I got somebody picking me up right when I get to the airport. Everything was to the T. Guess what? Three days into the hotel. I was supposed to be six days in the hotel. Three days in. Actually, when I first got there, they say, your reservations is only for three days. I was like, what do you mean? It's six days. He says, no, it's only three days. I was like, what are you talking about? And I'm telling you, Israel, it's jam-packed. Every single hotel is literally packed to the, to the gills. Like, like, you try to go there, sorry, sold out. I was like, what sold out? Everybody's going now? When I'm going, everybody's going? I understand that. Everything's sold out. And now I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? I was like, listen, I show my confirmation number. I show him my credit card that I paid in full. I show him my trip number. I show him every single thing. He's like, you know what? You're 100% right. But we don't have you 
in, in the booking except three days. We don't have the other three days. And I'm going, I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know what to do. So he's like, wait, wait, you booked through a third party. You didn't book direct through us. Go call that third party. It's like the, the, the system, whatever. I don't know. What's those companies called? Expedia or something. Booking a price line. You know what I'm talking about? So go call them. And then like, I call them up. This is it. I'm calling them up. Now I'm calling them up. And what do they tell me? They say, we're fully booked. We're fully booked. I was like, what do you mean? I paid you in full. What do you mean you're fully booked? What does that mean? Do something about it. They tell me, okay. We got you one night. I mean, you owe me three nights. And I'm like, nervous. Eh? We got you two nights. And I'm like, wait, we're the third night. What do, you, what, do you mean, what do you mean? You have to do it till the end. I don't know. We don't know. Finally, the manager, the manager comes to me and says, listen, if you want, there's an ambassador suite, a big, nice suite. We could upgrade you. And the price... For the three nights, actually, you just um, uh, twelve hundred. Like oh, that's a lot of money. I'm like, what twelve hundred? I'm like thinking twelve hundred. I'm like, I don't know. If I don't have a choice, then I'm gonna do it. They tell them like that. If I have no choice, then I'm doing it. But first, let me get these three nights. Let me see what they do. Then maybe I can go talk the upgrade. All of a sudden, two seconds later, this is exact story. I'm telling you exactly. Two seconds later, okay, you have the three nights. Okay, manager tells me. Let's go. Let me show you the ambassador suite. If you like it, I, for sure you're going to like it. $1,200, uh, you're going to love it. Shows me two balconies overlooking Majnun. Wow, I'm like sick. Unbelievable. Two huge balconies. And, and, and he's showing me that, that there's, there's, like, there's like a living room in the room. Like, you know, usually hotel rooms are just like that. And a living room and this and that. Like, wow, this is, this is very nice. Something in my mind, maybe I can negotiate. Instead twelve hundred, I'll pay eight hundred. Maybe you know. So I go to the guy. I tell him I go to the manager. So the guy who's showing me is not the manager. I go to the manager. Okay, I'll take you for eight hundred. Says, what do you mean eight hundred? Eight hundred? Give you eight hundred dollars? I'll take you for eight hundred dollars. Says, when I told you twelve hundred, I I meant twelve hundred a night, not total. I was like, what are you crazy? I'm gonna pay twelve hundred dollars extra a night from the upgrade. <laughs> so you know what the manager? You know what the manager tells me? That's what he tells me. He tells me you got us. That's what I mean. You got, I got you. So really, we weren't going to give you. We weren't going we to give you one night, maybe extra two, maybe we weren't going to give you the for three because we really, really sold out. So I said, like, why'd you do that? He said because I saw that you were a little bit interested in the ambassador suite. So I said if we do give you those third room, then we could sell you on that ambassador suite for twelve hundred dollars a night. It was going on over here. Like I, uh, what? But what's my point I'm trying to say? First of all, it's the Ashkacha Pratit story I wanted to tell you. Second of all is, besides that, is it's test. And this is a curveball. Where are you going to stay? But there's a test, there's a challenge in life. Israel is Something uh, uh, inconvenient is going to happen if you're going to enter Israel. Something inconvenient, because that's how it's Kenyan. But at the end of the day, it's still a test. It's a shocking thing. You paid for a hotel, they don't have your reservation. I have my reservation, what's going on? So some people, they'll make a whole fit. They'll go crazy. What do you mean? If you don't... So maybe sometimes you have to do that, I don't know. But at the end of the day, to get angry inside, that's a problem. Understand? Don't get angry inside, what do you care? You want to show them that you're angry in order for him to do things? Okay. But inside, why am I angry? 
But look at Avraham Avinu. What a test. He comes back from Akedat Yitzchak. His wife passes away. What's going through his mind? He's about to go bury his dead. His wife, he's about to bury his wife. Now he has to negotiate and pay a huge top dollar on this. What's going on? He could just say, Hashem, enough. Hashem, it's it, it's enough. What does he do? He says, no problem. How much you want? He tells the Ephron, he says, how much you want? 400 shekel, take the 400 shekel, let me bury my wife, I'll see you later. This is Avraham Avinu, Rabotai. These are a few lessons that we learned tonight, to remember them, and apply it to our lives. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.